0: Welcome to our podcast, Martial Arts and More. Our show is about how we can take what we learn as martial artists out into the world every day. We are looking for examples of our tenets, courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and indomitable spirit in action. We are excited to welcome Ms. Sammy and Mr. Kaler to the seventh episode on our podcast. Could you tell us a little bit about yourselves and what you do?
1: I'm Miss Sammy. I've been um, doing martial arts since I was eight years old. So I've been a part of City Youth for a while as well. Right now I am a middle school sixth grade math teacher at Milwaukee Excellence Charter School. And I also recently just started a after school um, Taekwondo with City Youth in that school. So super excited. I am, this is my second year teaching.
2: Hi, I'm Steve Kaler. My martial arts connection is not all that strong. I did taekwondo when I was uh, pretty young, like in high school, which was a long time ago. (laughs) But uh, part of my actor training at the theater training program uh, where I got my master's of fine arts, um, we had a tai chi teacher from China and and that was like uh, every day for about three years. So tai chi I'm very comfortable in and have a strong background in that. Um, it was, you know, more of a performing art than a martial art perspective on it. I mean, it was its application to like a lot of the stage combat and a couple of the shows we did. Caucasian Chalk Circle. We incorporated a lot of um, it was a it was the a pole technique that he taught me. So I'm I'm pretty handy with like a it's like a quarter staff um, as a martial art. He did a lot of personal training with me for that. But other than that, teaching-wise, I've been a a physics and acting teacher kind of like 20 or 30 years, um, mostly at um, Milwaukee High School of the Arts. I'm currently teaching at Pathways High. uh, It's a UWM charter school, and then I teach an on-camera acting class at my old alma mater, UWM.
0: Why did you guys choose to teach those subjects? What made you interested to pursue them?
1: I honestly, I like teaching all subjects. Um, I actually went to school for English language arts um, mostly, but I enjoy math because it's a subject that either students really like or really struggle with liking, I guess, put that into Mm -hmm. um, terms. And I feel like with that, I would like to engage students even more. So I chose that subject because I wanted to get students excited about learning.
2: For me like the physics connection was um, when I was in kindergarten it was it was Apollo I was four when they landed on the moon but um, all the like Apollo 12 and 13 I didn't remember like the drama but like uh, 14 and 15 when I was in kindergarten we had one television In the entire school at Lincoln Elementary, and um, they pile everybody into this basement to like sit and watch this one black and white television. When the when the um, Apollos were blasting off, and the kindergarteners, which was like me, you got to sit in the front. So I was like just like watching this thing go up, and um, so like the physics thing was immediately awoken in me, and like uh, I've always just been really fascinated by. the physical universe. I didn't start acting until I had a back fracture. I was a football player <laughs> and I got a smashed in the back when I was in like eighth grade It broke one of my lumbar and the doctor's like, well, you're done with that. And that was, but that was the first year I auditioned for a play. So um, yeah, but I could do, I could swim and I could do Taekwondo, but then I, I found like theater and acting that year. That was always a big joy for me. And then like what Sam was talking about, breaking things down for people, like taking a complicated thing and kind of making it make sense, help them realize what they didn't even know they didn't know, like, and get like excited about it, you know? Um, that's my jam.
1: I started teaching around when I was 16, Taekwondo. It really helped me. Um, one, I guess with classroom management too, I'm comfortable in front of a class. But also, I learned at a very long, young age that teaching isn't, like, about, like, the subject. It's about making those relationships. So, gave me that confidence. Because before Taekwondo, I talked, but I wasn't, like, outgoing, very talkative. But then, as I grew and my instructors helped me, put me out there and got me confident. And I just loved being there for the students and seeing, like, that aha moment. So, it really...
2: Mm-hmm
1: really really helped me um
2: that's the magic you bet
1: yep yep get that passion like you know all that and they're struggling and then they get that aha moment and you're, you're like oh that's why I do this
2: it was a way that I could kind of balance out the the loves of my life I was always you know kind of working both sides of my brain creatively and um like scientifically and um yeah. Uh, it was like a biochem major at first at Madison. And um, I don't know, like the career options in that realm didn't excite me because I wanted the the chance to still be kind of a creative person. And um, I mean, and not that scientists aren't creative, but um, like, I wasn't really excited about like working in a laboratory or something. Although I've seen some now lately that I would be like, that would be cool to work there. <laughs> um, but yeah, it seemed like a way to balance Uh, to make a a living at the same time as I could um, still have time to do some, you know, the acting and creative pursuits that I enjoy.
1: Master Gendelin started me teaching. I was, my goodness, I'm not even, that wasn't even that long ago. I was like 10, and I was like Hmm. a brown belt, right, at that point. um, And he was like, go these stretches. I was like, oh, okay and from there I was like oh yeah I like I like to be in charge not so much like I need to be the leader but I like to be that role model I like again to see that aha moment like oh I taught them that oh I helped them they're reaching out to me and it made so many good connections through that that I was like there's no other profession I would go to college for be teaching I changed the subject I want to teach a bunch of times Grade level, but never the field of education. It's always education.
2: Teaching is always scary sometimes, but it's it's got you know the pay the payoffs are like great and huge and you know like Sam was talking about that the light bulb moments are just they're just electric they're magic they're like so much fun.
0: Yeah, definitely. And I know in the past couple of years things have been a lot different than what they used to be because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So. Um I know Miss Sammy since you're a relatively new teacher. How has that experience been for you? Oof,
1: okay. So, I started my student teaching. I was teaching virtually. That was rough. That was with 3rd and 4th grade. Um so much different. It was a lot harder to connect with students, um to make sure that they're learning what they need to do and build really build those relationships within the classroom. That was hard. That same class I came in as their long-term sub hybrid. That was an adjustment. So it was just a lot of transitions for me and for the students. You can see the impact it had on the students. Um, and then we came back full in person. So they were learning how to interact with those around them, those their same age, those that aren't in their family. So that social aspect was very impact- impacted by all this. And my current students, never went back in person. So they haven't been fully in a classroom since fourth cra- grade. Mm. And you can definitely see how much that has impacted, but also you can see on the flip side, the positive side, how, much, how important it is to have them in person and that interaction, like you didn't realize how important that interaction in person, face-to-face collaboration, and as a teacher myself, impacted me too, working with people, going to work instead of working from home, mentally getting out of the house more, um, not staying in, getting up, getting ready and going. Lots of transitions, I guess, to summarize that, yeah.
0: Yeah, I can definitely relate to that, just being a student myself. Mr. Kaler, since Mm. you've been a teacher for um, a longer period of time, how has your experience with the pandemic and teaching contrasted to previous years?
2: Yeah, uh, I'll echo a couple of things that uh, Sam said. Um, It's so much about a relationship and so really not so much about a curriculum. (laughs) Um, I was trying to remember who said it and I couldn't find it on my phone. Actually, it was like some kind of Buker, but it's a kind of a famous teacher quote. It's like, they'll forget what you say, but they will never forget the way you made them feel. (laughs) And that's just like, it's essentially true. I look back at, some of my favorite students. And uh, when I when I talk to them about what part of my... Cur- if I ever ask them, and I usually don't, but like, what part of my curriculum do you remember? And they're just like, even the ones who are like physicists, like nuclear physicists, they're just like, like the day that you bit the hanging cheerio <laughs> and gagged. They just like, it's all the weird little relationship stuff. That's all that they, you know, remember about you for the most part. Um, and so... It, it, right to take away the vibe of like like reading a room so i'm a very socratic style of teacher which means i'm always like trying to get the sense of where they're at and are they with me and have i lost them and where did they get lost and how can i help them find their way out right without i I always want to not tell them what to think i'm helping them learn how to think more clearly And we're helping each other learn how to think more clearly. They're helping me be a better teacher by forcing me to read the vibe of this room and get the pulse of this kid. And how can I help without hurting? Should I push? Should I pull? Should I, (laughs) do do we need a carrot or a kick in the butt? Do Do you know what I mean? All of those things that you can only really try to get from like what's there. And so in the COVID world of the zoom world, it's like so many kids and I, this is like from my actor teaching, right? A kid who's worried about what they're looking like. Well, that's what the camera sees. So (laughs) if you're trying to act a true moment and you're worried about what you look like, the only thing the camera sees you acting is the camera sees that you're thinking about worrying about what you look like which means you're not doing your job as an actor. So it's like with kids that are already kind of worried about what they look like to put them in a place where they have to look at what they look like and know that everyone else is looking critically at what they look like. It it just created, you know, I had this vibe where to get kids to put cameras on was like pulling teeth. And then they're so like worried about looking a certain way. Like how do I as a teacher get the vibe of, well, what do I need to do here? Uh, do I need another example? Should I come at it from another angle? It's like, it, it's just almost impossible to get that read. So, you know, it became more of a information than knowledge experience. Um, and my friends at the arts who teach AP classes said they're the absolute, they had perfect, kids who had perfect attendance, did every assignment, had the worst scores they'd ever seen in their life. Yep. And I was like, yeah, no, no question about it. Because it's it's like the idea of knowledge requires this give and take and this challenge. You don't see your own biases, but others can see your own biases. And if you, we can call each other on them, then we can get to a place of knowledge.
0: Now that things are starting to um, get back to normal, what do you look forward to the most?
1: Definitely getting a chance to build those relationships, like face to face. Definitely being able to see those students face-to-face. We're still wearing masks, so that's um, definitely still a relationship barrier. Tomorrow's actually our first field trip. It's just an incentive field trip, so having those experiences, hands-on experiences, and getting to do, even in lessons, like hands-on stuff, like Mm -hmm. we can use stuff instead of computers, and we still have computers, that won't leave. But to physically do stuff helps with learning, for sure, building relationships, making learning engaging and fun.
2: Yeah, I agree. The the masks are an issue, but nothing like the, you know, the issue of this thing and the and the self-consciousness that it kind of creates in high school kids. The skill of like finding information which is mostly what internet stuff is about, is like a useless skill in the age of, of like high-powered computers and robots. It's, it's not a skill kids need to practice. <laughs> They'll never be better at looking up right answers <laughs> than a computer like um, algorithm or a, a robot. So the, the skills that you need are like uh, uh, social intelligence, complex critical thinking, original thinking, out-of-the-box thinking, solve a problem in an original way because that's what robots suck at. And until quantum computers come, I I don't think you'll ever get an AI that could read a room, that could sit around a table and solve a problem that they weren't expecting to be confronted with, right? But the the social skills of how can we figure this out together, I mean, that's what you need. That's what makes you marketable. And so to be in a world even with masks, where that can happen on the smaller level, it makes me feel again like I'm doing something that matters, you know? And um, yeah, in my 30 years at arts, I never walked out of a school day without thinking I did something meaningful today. I did, I found a way to help a kid today. But in the whole first six months of COVID, I That entire four months of interaction, I had 160 physics kids. I bet you there was four times where I had even a marginal, meaningful interaction, where I I finished my day of mountains of PowerPoints and stuff, right? And teaching mountains of it. And maybe four times where I felt like I I actually could help that kid today. And I would have said maybe like 2% of kids like actually the 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 guards came down, like their social anxieties went away and they, they could they could interact better with me through Zoom when I wasn't there. It was but it's like two percent of kids in my experience. I only had like one or two that were like that.
0: Yes, definitely. Um I kind of felt the same way. So I know both of you kind of mentioned this already, but is there anything you'd like to add in terms of like how you felt like um COVID has impacted your students in particular? um socially
1: definitely um which i've talked about but i would say emotionally too um they were they're working on handling like um how do i express emotion when i i need something um over zoom it's harder because you know you're gonna can't pull the teacher to the side and talk to them as much Mm. so they're working on problem solving um for themselves. Like I said, my students haven't been in school, in person, with other students since fourth grade. So they're still working on that. They missed their most normal school year was third grade because they, hmm. you know, they had to leave the end of fourth grade. Um, so, yeah, it's a lot of that social, emotional um, challenges. Organization challenges too um, I also notice like technology huge thing. They don't have their phones on them. they have to put it in the bucket they're like, where's my phone? Um, as soon as they sit down, they want to open up their Chromebook and funniest thing I'm getting is what's your zoom link instead of what's your phone number?
0: Hmm.
1: Um, that's interesting to me like that's different. Um, when I was in middle school, it was all what's your email hmm. Um, hmm. so much zoom link and videoing
2: so in my day it was like can I borrow your hammer and your chisel to to chop a note into this brick for somebody (laughs) I'm just teasing I'm pretty old (laughs) um (laughs) no I in my experience um it's it, it it working with high school kids for as long as I have the um The differences I've noticed so far are, are, I think there's a, it's hard to say because I switched schools um, when I started getting in person, but there's like an awareness of this stuff that we were talking about that, like, if you want to actually learn how to think more clearly, you need to get your butt into this world where people can call BS on you and you can call BS on people and you can like work your way to a clearer understanding of, of, of what's in front of us or like what we're dealing with or how to solve this problem. And, um, and so the energy of, of this year with, you know, kids back in the room and, you know, a room of 20 kids, it's like the value of this. I feel it more. You can feel like that's, a bigger thing. Now, I don't know if I'm at this charter school, and if, but I always kind of, you know, at, in, in a bigger high school with, you know, 160 kids and 35 kids in a class, the idea that this time is valuable rather than something that I'm forced to go through to jump hoops, to make my parents or whoever happier, the system happy or whatever. Right. Um, I always, I, I liked the challenge of my job, but like something that would like awaken, though what's going on with that, right? Physics is really handy for that, right? There's just so many things that are we call them discrepant events where it's like, what's gonna happen? And and that's not what happened. And like, right? So everyone you can like pull them in and engage them. And but even then there'd be 10 kids who are like, there's just no way I'm not gonna engage. And um and the phone thing like going in the bucket, I'm like, God, that would be awesome. But I'm just like, <laughs> okay. there's no way that I I'm of the mind that that toothpaste is not going back in the tube and we're going to have to feed you better have a better lesson (laughs) than, than what, than what's on the Instagram right now or you're not going to really get engagement for the most part. You know, it's tough, but I just think that's the reality of it. But now, um, but like I said, an appreciation for the, like I was talking about it, And and I keep underscoring it with my high school kids. It's like that skill of I'm really good at swiping left or finding info or looking up right answers versus um, what's this thing going to do or how can we get this project done together, right? Like this is knowledge and this is valuable and this is fun and it's interesting and it makes me, it gives me the dopamine rush. But as a young developing, Human-like adult, my kids seem to know they don't need too much reminding of that fact that this is information, and this could be knowledge. And I'm and I'm stealing from this book I just read, which is called uh, uh, what's his name Rausch, Constitution of Knowledge. It's it was just published, and I read it um, just the end of the summer, and it's freaking awesome. But he he keeps underscoring the difference between information and knowledge.
0: Is there any advice that you'd like to give the students to succeed in the school year? Try
1: experience. Don't be afraid to make mistakes. That's what we're here.
2: That's my uh, thing, Sam. Yeah. That's my, there's two yeah. rules in my class. And the first one is dare to be dumb. And any kid, that's the only thing that I reward like routinely a kid who's got the guts to like say what, like put an idea out there. That's dumb. I think it's a Japanese proverb. They say, um, I could say that thing and maybe I'll look dumb for a second or I could chicken out and just stay dumb my whole life. And it's like, yes, that's it. And then then the other thing is like, we're all dumb, just about different stuff. (laughs) You see the old man trying to upload his Google video with his super slow mo drop of the styrofoam balls. It's like, it's, and the kids are like, just give me it, give me, give me that. Click 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 here, right? And I'm trying to upload it to my drive or whatever. And I just like I don't get it. I don't understand pushing the buttons as hard as I can. And they just yeah. But that, yeah, that's the thing. It's like put your ideas out there, man. Like throw them out there, get them challenged, and um and then
1: like have experiences. I know we're we're starting clubs soon too. So um yeah, get out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. So just to tie things in back into like Taekwondo, um, mm-hmm. we have things that are tenants, which are courtesy, integrity, perseverance, self-control, and the spirit. And these are kind of like rules that we like to follow. What tenant do you think applies to you the most as a teacher?
1: No doubt it's perseverance. Um, mm-hmm. there, there are tons of challenges right now. Like I said, I transitioned, I did the whole virtual, the hybrid and back to in-person with the same group of kids, keep pushing, is what i'm doing right now i'm just trying to keep pushing keep hanging on right now understand that the students are still working on their transitions as well yeah persevering through those challenges together um, with my co-teachers as well as my students there's a lot of changes going on in my life so changed school changed living arrangements and all that so like that was an adjustment Um, moving during a pandemic was hard all of that um Mm. which is hard because like I was so close with my family you know we were all you know in our bubble nephew Mm. everything you know um and then coming you know to my new school where I'm put in a leadership position helping the sixth grade um math team just me and one other teacher get our stuff together and as a in a new school it's only six years old um, it's a lot it's it's pretty challenging, and switching schools was mm-hmm. hard tired of being the new teacher, but not anymore pretty good.
2: yeah i i guess i I would go with perseverance as I agree with Sam on that um you know and then and then just listening to you talk about it you know, indomitable spirit is in there. And uh, I forget who said it, but it's like the only real talent you need is the talent to just work your butt off. <laughs> That's really the only talent you need, and it might be the only talent that that there is, really, when it comes down to it. Like there's just no quit in you. But then, like our ability to to move on together, to to grow, to continue to head down the path together in a successful way, it demands this connection and collaborative reality right that's like this the biggest gift we have our ability to to read each other to pull together to be you know less like pieces of a greater whole right is that 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 quality um but yeah perseverance i'm i'm with sam i think that is like of those the most important
0: yes for sure Thank you so much for taking the time to be in this interview, both of you. I think we had great conversations and it really added more insight to the teacher perspective of my student experience in the last couple of years. Is there any last message that you would like to share with their audience?
2: People matter more than ideas people got to matter more than the idea or your agenda or your curriculum the people people around you matter more mm-hmm.